WRQK.com and can be streamed the world round via iHeartRadio. Joined every morning by the able-bodied Matthew Fantone. Buddy, how are you? I'm all right this morning. I feel like I'm having a hard time getting it into gear, though. I don't know if I just have a case of the Mondays all over me or uh, what. Dude, you're one of those people you say that? Well, very rarely do I feel like I have a case of the Mondays, but when I do, I call it by name, Ugh. and I feel like this morning, I don't know. I wish it was uh, I wish it was like radio 30 years ago, and it was socially acceptable for me to do a bunch of drugs before I got on the air, because <laughs> your boy's just sleepy over here. Oh, right? my God. Like, <laughs> Let me tell you, and this would be a long list. But on the list I think <laughs> of things I think you will live to regret that you have said on this program. What I think that? that I think yeah man I wish I could start the show on LSD. <laughs> I, think, I think that may be at the top of I just it. Need a little kick of something. I feel like the coffee's not necessarily. All right, good well I got good news morning. for you. What do you got? Scott from WaitingForNextYear.com will join us at eight o'clock. We'll find out whether or not Kevin Love is going to be a Denver Nugget or not. That's the new rumor, is that we're sending Kevin Love to Denver, Denver sending people to Indiana, and then Indiana is sending us Paul George. I don't know if that will happen, but we'll talk to Scott from WaitingForNextYear.com and get his opinion at 8 o'clock. Also, 8.45, we're going to get people hooked up with um, Hailstorm tickets as they play the Goodyear Theater in Akron on October the 3rd. Nice. I didn't even know that was happening. Yeah, yeah, We have tickets for that, so we'll pass those out at 8.45. Hopefully, the the sound will work. I don't know if you heard about it. Did you hear about this? With, I guess Blossom now? We're, yeah, I did. We're uh, three songs into the train set. Apparently, like uh, people in the uh, lawn section of Blossom could not hear. Sound went out. Speakers, just done. And people were reaching out to me last night going, what are they going to do? And I sat there and thought, what are they going to do? I mean, there's really not much they can do. There's no way to prove you actually had a ticket other than, I guess, if you had the ticket in your possession, but you could have taken it from somebody. I mean, how? I mean, well, they're not going to get trained to come back out there and play again. Not for a free show. I mean, it's not going to be like, oh, hey, we felt bad about this. No, I mean, you, you, you take some, I guess you, there's some risk involved when you buy a ticket to something. And hey, dude, unforeseen circumstances, whether it's weather or, or you know, technical difficulties or whatever. Yeah, yeah I mean, stuff happens. What are you, you going to do? That? So I don't know what they'll do. Now, I could see the band feeling like their fans didn't get what they were yeah. were owed. And, and the band saying, you know what, we'll come back through. We'll do something. We're going to make up, you know sign up here. Are, I could see something like that happening. But I'm not sure what Blossom's really, I, I don't want to say required or what they w- w- would think about. I, I don't know. I mean, how do you fix that? Yeah, I, I, I understand that you're frustrated as a consumer, but uh, you know, there's a little bit of buyer beware in any situation you get yourself into there. Yeah, I one would think. I don't think so. So how was the weekend? Um, kind of uneventful. We uh, we planned on going camping, but my girlfriend's back was all jacked up. Um, so uh, we we put the we put the kibosh on that plan. Um, but other Dude, than that, horrid Friday. <laughs> yo, it was <laughs> I mean, torrential downpour. Yeah, it was terrible and Friday. That was kind of the thing. Is like, well, Saturday was nice, but then the ground was all mucky and stuff, yeah. and you know. It just wasn't wasn't necessarily the best call there. So I don't know. We did like you know a fire, and we kind of got drunk on Saturday evening, oh, nice. afternoon. Um, uh, but nothing too eventful this weekend. I kind of even felt like, dude, you got this perfect weather, and you're not doing anything. Like, kind of shame on me a little bit there. Oh. Yeah. What'd you? Uh, what's your story? What do you got? Full of golf. I mean, Friday obviously I didn't play because the torrential downpour there. As a matter of fact, it was right. raining so hard in the afternoon Friday. I actually pulled over into in like a store parking lot and like waited for a little while because I couldn't see driving Jeez. around. I mean, dude, it was that bad Friday. Jeez. Either that or I'm just I have old eyes. One of the two. One of the two. Maybe it's like, oh my god, where are my spectacles? I don't know. But I mean, it, it got that bad. But then Saturday I woke up. I was like, all right, I feel like playing golf. Yeah. But I knew like how hard it rained on Friday, so I was like, "All right, well, let's wait. Let the sun bake in the you know all the water into the ground." And I didn't go and play until late Saturday, and I played all right. And then I was due to play yesterday morning with actually one of the maintenance guys from my apartment building and a couple of his buddies who I had never met. 
and we played Wilkshire, and I've never played there before. And actually, you uh, you come into play in, 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 into this equation. Okay. So the four of us play nine holes or whatever, and it goes, all right, I played okay. I didn't play great, didn't play bad, but I, you know, I played all right. all right. And so at the end of it, one of the guys that I, you know, we were playing with, Wally, walks up to me. He's got a sleeve of balls. Which is three for uh, for you labids okay. out there, right? And he's got and, and they're nice. They're it's, it's it's as a matter of fact, he had the Titleist NXT tours, which I like, right? right? I was like, oh man, I you know that's a nice brand of ball. I, you know, I, I like to play those when I can. He's like, well, actually, he's like, I'm going to give you these. I said, all right, thank you, Wally. I said, Wally, I appreciate that, buddy. And uh, he said, well, he's like, you know, I've never met a celebrity before. And I said, okay, you know, and I'm trying to do the whole hum thing there. Right. And he's like, so. What a disappointment like, for Wally, dude. I guess this is his right. big moment. He's like, but, you know, <laughs> my company's logo's on these balls, and I've never met a celebrity before, so do me a favor. Give these to Fanto tomorrow morning. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, you know what? God damn it, Wally. I was like, you know what? And I had to laugh. Like, I wanted to be angry about Good it, stuff, but it was so funny, Good right? Stuff. He caught me completely off guard, and it was really funny. And uh, and he said to, to me, he was like, he's like, I don't know what it is, man. He's like, that tall some bitch is funny, because <laughs> dude, Wally's that guy. You know what I mean? He's uh, you know, good dude, but like, not exactly like when you see him, not gonna go huge Fantone fan there. Okay. Now, but I would say from across the parking lot, I would bet him to know the WWE a little. Maybe that's where the overlap happens. Maybe I think that's so. Kind of where. Um, I, I always think it's funny with media personalities. Number one, that anybody thinks we're celebrities. <laughs> Dude, we are not celebrities. Like, I'm fragile, bro. Just, just I'm fragile. Most, just the most, the, mo- the, 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 the one step up from normal people. We're just like barely, barely there. Yeah, it's like a half a step above like street mime. Yeah, that's yeah, that's, that's all we've got there. Um, but maybe, maybe you know, Wally feels like. Uh, what do I want to say? If 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 you wouldn't see him and necessarily think, oh, that's a Fantone fan. Um, maybe there's a little bit of the you know he lives vicariously through me. Like he's like, dude, I could never be that guy but you know he's making sense kind of like him so good hey wally i'm glad you're glad you're on board my mom runs the fan club meetings on tuesday i'll get you the information there you're right wally you could never be six seven and stoned <laughs> i don't know i don't know how you could ever i don't know how you could ever do it john tweeting in and says who says spectacles uh driving home the old factor there and and, and that joke there john yeah, i understand the that they're not that's not what they're referred to um speaking of old people things and and and, and the weekend there i uh, i really do want to give a tip of the hat uh to the canton repository i uh i picked up the paper yesterday and uh sat there and, and kind of read through it and the coverage that they had on the hall of fame village i mean dude it was fantastic yeah it was good i did i read that i, I mean from that front page thing where they talk about how it's going to be paid for which i know god is the biggest conversation of all time and everybody's like oh potholes cops potholes cops potholes cops and 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 this explains how this you know how right. the hall of fame will be paid for and how you know where where the public will be paying for it where people who are buying things on site will be i don't know for why it. people feel as if they shouldn't have to pay for things to better their own city right. i don't i will never understand that and you got and you got to get your head wrapped around it because if they yank that thing out of here we're all screwed and right now people are thinking there's no way they're going to take it out here they took a team out of Cleveland. You don't think they could take the Hall of Fame and move it to LA? Of course they could. It's a it, it, it's a big picture, small picture thing there. Where like big picture, you have to recognize what's happening and and support that. Where in the small thing, in the small picture, it's just like, well, I need a cop on my street. And I need these potholes filled, and that's the only thing you can see is that very narrow. You know, I mean, fixing the potholes would be cool. Yes. But- <laughs> 
But, <laughs> but, but I mean, you, yeah, you got to open the blinders out. If you want the tax revenue to fix those potholes, you need more people spending more money in the community, and that's where the Hall of Fame Village comes into play. That's kind of how that works. Um, so, so, and yes, we were hired just to be <laughs> just to be like you know marks for the Hall of Fame. Yes, we were. So there was you know that that coverage of it, and then there was that special like insert of it inside of the Canton Repository covering like what everything would entail and kind of how everything would unfold and everything that went along with it. And honestly, like I've been excited about it since it was announced. But after reading that yesterday, I was like, dude, Canton, Ohio, <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be awesome. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to uh, Canton Repository. Hats off to you guys. You did a great job. Actually, they're going to get they're going to get mentioned a lot in today's program because there was a lot of local stuff going on this last yeah, weekend, and uh, there was a little bit more violence that's yeah, you know happened. We'll talk about that at seven o'clock. Although. Um, it, it turns out, and again, I learned this from the repository, like the clearance rate here for homicide, the homicide clearance rate for, for Canton cops, that number is going to shock you. We'll give you that actually at seven o'clock. Okay. We do have hailstorm tickets. We'll pass those out at eight 45. And again, Scott from winning for next year.com joins us at 8 a.m. This morning. We'll be right back with more Sansbury show. Hang on. Dan Stansbury, Matt Fantone. Just kiss your fruit cakes. The Stansbury show. Chilling in the studes with my dudes. On Rock 106.9. 106.9. Welcome back to the Stan's Ratio. Rock 106.9. Hailstorm tickets. We'll pass those out. 845. They're going to put the Goodyear Theater in Akron on October the 3rd. We'll pass those out here. 845. Hailstorm's pretty good live. They really are. Yeah. I saw them on their first tour around when uh, uh, up at, um, was it Jacob's Pavilion? Yeah, sure. that's probably one of those. Sure. Yeah. She's pretty good. She uh she always looks like she's running a uh like a low grade fever, but you know, that's rock stars for you. Yeah, you you always say that about her. Like she's like trailer park hot. A little sweaty there. She's got a little bit of that grease to her. Yeah, she's guilty of some stuff, I bet. Well, and I mean let's be real, when you're, you know, driving around the country in a van with, you know, three dudes. Oh, dude, like bands on tour. I mean, Nikki Six talked about it in his book. Like he didn't change those leather pants for like a year. Like, seriously, like, it got so bad that he said after a while he knew he stunk and he didn't care. He just liked making people feel uncomfortable. He said, I liked making professional, respectable people, like, have to hide things. Like, they would be uncomfortable around him and they knew they couldn't say anything because he was the cash cow and he knew it. And so he knew, he was like, I'm offending these people and they can't say anything to me because I'm the how they make all their money. And he got off on that. You're playing yourself there, dude. You stink. Go take a shower. Yeah, I would agree. Go smell. Nobody wins there. You're not winning. Nobody's winning and you smelling poorly. Yeah, I'm not not a fan of that. I like the shower. It's also where I do a lot of tactical thinking. Uh, tacticals a little. That's a little pretentious. That's a little pretentious. All right, well, you, I mean, you eat the PB and J at seven thirty, and then yeah, you know, tactical is a little far. But it's like that's how I like. So stands very mad. Mad dog Madison yep, there, lather it up. Oh my god. Yeah, no, but I do. I like I plan out my day in there mm-hmm. and, and all that thing. But tactical was a little, yeah, little too far. Yeah. Though. So hailstorm tickets <laughs> basically is what this what are we doing, is dude? is what we're talking about. Basically, somebody gets to hose down. What's her name from hailstorm? Yep. Eight forty five. We'll pass out those tickets as they play the Goodyear Theater on October the third. Did you hear about this over the weekend? Where apparently a uh, where a flight from uh, Air Asia mm-hmm. was headed to uh, Kuala Lumpur. And had to uh, turn back to Australia after a severe engine problem is what it's being listed as, which is, I mean, that's downplaying it. The engine exploded and like they, like they lost it. And 
multiple accounts from the plane, like people on the plane were saying it felt like they were inside of like a washing machine that's gone bad when they like constantly <laughs> shake like that. They said the plane was shaking that that bad and that the noise is coming out of it were bad. And they're like, here's the part that really gets me though. The pilot came on the overhead speaker and told the passengers I'd say a prayer. I'd say a prayer. Now leave like the religion out of it whatsoever. Is that right? We're not a Christian nation. What this? Whatever. All right. I, like leave religion out of it. Like when the pilot tells you, yeah, we're basically at pray that Jeez. we make it. Jeez. I mean, imagine the terror that is in your mind during that. I'm surprised that the pilot said that. Even if he thought that in his mind, I would think that. Shh, bro, quiet a doubt. Right. He's got to know that <laughs> yeah. calm is an important part of that equation. And, and, and if anything, you'd be like, no, everything's fine. We know there's a lot of turbulence, but you know, you think just, just that would be what he would go with. But if, yeah, if, if he He's saying like, no, dude, better, you know, stick your head between your legs and kiss your ass goodbye. Like, dude, that's a that's a scary place to be. I have flown back from Las Vegas to Ohio like a million times. Right. right? And that's a it can be a bumpy ride. There's like a certain part of that jet stream where it can be certain, you know, it can be kind of bumpy. And there was a time I was flying back where I was convinced the plane was going down, like convinced, not like, oh, my God, this is a little scary. I was like, oh, my God, we're going to die on this plane. Right. And nobody acknowledged it. Like this, like not stewardesses, what flight attendants is what they're called now. Flight, none of the flight attendants had said anything. The pilot, nobody said anything. And all the passengers around were just kind of like, you could see the fear on all of our faces. And I was like, kind of trying to like talk myself through it. I was like sitting in the row alone. I was like, oh my God, this is bad. Whatever. And I kept saying, like, we're going, this thing, we're, 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 we're going down. Stansbury in freak out mode. Yeah. I mean, I can certainly see you having that look on your face of like, oh my God, looking around for somebody to calm you down. There's nobody there. Bring me a donut. Well, yeah. <laughs> so, like, the, the, you know, the plane's like shaking or whatever. And I had been talking out loud and like mentioning things, like kind of like observing things out loud for a while. Like, where the guy in the, like the aisle seat across from me was like, dude, I got to tell you, you got me convinced. I think we're going down. Um, that's definitely something you do when you want to be validated in something, you'll start noticing things out loud and somebody just needs to be like, yeah, dude, you're right. You're right. That's all I want. And, and that is, that's totally <laughs> We're going to die do. and Stansbury called it first. <laughs> that's, that's it. I want credit for calling your death. Did you guys drop or was it just turbulence or like was there any... I mean, it was one of those things where you could feel like the plane kind of like bounce a lot. Like, you know what I mean? Like, like a girl in a Snoop video, just like <laughs> you know what I mean? Just dropping it up and down there and it was, yeah, it was terrifying. But the pilot didn't come on and tell me to pray and I know it's always, you know, well, statistically, you're so much safer in a plane than you are in a car crash. Well, of course. But, like, there's just something about planes that it's just, you don't feel that it's way. It's unnatural, the travel <laughs> of it. It's unnatural. You're defying, like, gravity. Like, of a lot of things can go wrong. And the airline industry did what the radio industry did first, which was deregulation. As soon as we started to deregulate everything, that's when everything started to go to hell. And when everything goes to hell at the radio station, Godsmack plays three right. times. When everything goes to hell in the airline industry, planes fall out of the sky, man. Like, it's not good. I um, I would say that, boy, oh, boy, with stories like this and, you know, obviously all the crap that United's been in and all oh, Spirit Airlines and blah, 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 you would think that, like, oh, well, dude, we as a nation, we're going to stop accepting this. But no, we're not. As long as the, 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 the flight's 75 bucks. Give right. me to Florida. Who cares, dude? I don't care. Whatever. And I that's that's the whole thing is you know nothing's gonna change like stories like this will keep popping up and we'll keep being like oh my god are planes really that safe and do nobody's gonna
going to care. Just give me a cheap flight. It's all that matters. Yeah, that's absolutely true. As long as you get me to Florida for a hundred bucks, I, I I don't care if one of the engine blows yeah, out. Matters. That's exactly exactly how we all feel about that. So I may have found, well, not me, but the news may have found the biggest LeBron hater in the world, right. and how he has chosen. To show his hatred for LeBron James is truly a head scratcher. We'll pass you off that story. That will happen next on Rock 106.9. 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansbury Show, Rock 106.9. Around 845, we'll get you hooked up with those Hailstorm tickets as they play the Goodyear Theater on October the 3rd. We opened up the show this morning and Fantone used uh, one of the phrases that was on the list of like phrases that the audience members hate. What was that? I have a case of the Mondays. That oh. was like one of the phrases. I was asking people late last week, like, what are the phrases people use that you hate? Like, I hate that's what she said. Like, uh-huh. I, that's one of the ones I hate. Or, hold my beer. I hate both those things. They're just wildly annoying now. And, you know, you had said you felt like you had a case in the Mondays. And so a guy reached out to me and said, you know what phrase that I really hate? He's like, easy peasy just makes me want to punch somebody in the face. And that one doesn't, I mean, look, I, I, it's not that I use it or anything, but that, that one doesn't really send me feeling one way or the other. I don't think I hear that very often. I'm not... I, I dated a girl who said it a lot. Easy peasy. And I, I, I believe she used a very, well, not sensitive version of it, because then after it, it was always Japanesey, which I'm sure in 2017, uh, you're not allowed to say anymore. Um, And as far as, like, I was... Kind of saying it as like the joke is like, oh yeah, I got a case of the Mondays. So it wasn't like oh, actually, I figured. I wasn't actually like, yo, got a case of the Mondays. I, yeah, I, I, I figured as much. I'm just saying, you know yeah. what I mean? It was on the list of phrases that you know that people said that they hated, and uh, you know, a guy said "easy peasy" is the one that really gets him like all fired up. Yeah, I, I don't love that one. I'm not sure I would say it. But it doesn't really irk me the way like that's what she said. You know what it is? Is that because it's because that's what she said? Everybody's trying to be super funny when they say. Well, it. that's I think the big difference there is: Are you using that as a genuine punchline? Like, hey, I'm gonna get the entire audience cracking up. Here we go, if, dude. Oh, hey, hold my bear, hold my bear. It's like, guys, come on now. Yeah, my thing is, it's more annoying the way people use this stuff online. So a guy in Salt Lake City hates LeBron James. Hates him. Kaylin Galise in Salt Lake hates LeBron. As a matter of fact, he's actually just more of a Michael Jordan fan. He says, look, I think LeBron's top five. He's like, but he's not Michael Jordan. He's like, and I'm sick of people saying that. And you know what? If that's your opinion... That's valid, and I can take it. Yeah, I, I, I'm I'm okay with that. Of, of like, well, where do they go on the list? But people who are just like, oh, dude, LeBron should hang it up and never. Yeah, play LeBron sucks. Again. Those people are crazy, right? Like, because the debate that's been going on is who's the better basketball player, and then people always say, well, you know, he's obviously not better than Michael. Michael won six championships, and my argument there would be that's a more accomplished basketball player. It does not necessarily mean he is the better of the two players. He just accomplished more, but there are other variables that go into that. And I always challenge people, if that's your Jordan argument, make that make an argument outside of the six championships. Like, what else do you have? I can't find one. I, I, I You give me something where it's like, nope, nope, this is definitely it. You, you start stretching once you get outside of the six. But So this LeBron hater dislikes LeBron James so much that he got a LeBron James crying tattoo back from the headband era. That photo was kind of famous via the internet, where his eyes are squinched and his mouth's kind of half open. He's crying. 
like from the court. I don't remember which game. Do you remember off the top of your no. head which moment that was in his career? I don't know if it was from the Boston series or what it was. You got to think, dude. I mean, LeBron, one of the most photographed people on the face of the planet, yeah. one of the most just constantly True. cameras on the guy. You're going to have plenty of pictures of him looking bad. Yeah, you it's, become a meme because there's always the cameras on you. Right. right. Exactly. Right. It's exactly how it happened. So the guy got that image tattooed on himself, and he says, look, he's like, even LeBron fans who are upset about the fact that, you know, that I'm making fun of the, you know, the image, at least talk about how well the tattoo was done. Well, great. Yeah, you know, a decent tattoo artist. Fine. That's great. Yeah, it does look pretty good. It, I mean, I mean it's it, very realistic. The tattoo artist did a fantastic job on it. I will give him that. But if you hate something, why would you want a reminder of it on your own body? It's not even like, I mean, do you really hate the guy that much? I mean, if, if, if your real point here is that Jordan is better, and if that's like the, the end game of this debate is like, well, Jordan's the best. Then get the Jordan time, tattoo. Right, get the jump man, dude. I mean, that's a, that'd be a great tattoo to have. Like, go ahead and do that. And I would be like, oh, dude, pretty sweet. Like, yeah, man, Jordan was awesome. But what is having, and he was. What is having the LeBron crybaby prove? Like, what does that accomplish? What is that? I don't even understand. You know, again, I don't have tattoos. So, like, it's also partially that. But, like, even being in love with something, the fandom of something, like having the tattoo. Or, as a matter of fact, all right, there's a guy who no longer works in this building, but he did. When, I, when we first started doing this show, there was a guy that worked in this building that had a tattoo of the logo of the previous show I was on. And I remember when he got it done, I was like, that was crazy to me that somebody would tattoo something I was a part of on right, their body. Right. You know what I mean? I thought that was insane. And... uh flattering it was awesome but i remember thinking to myself like i'm a fan like i'm a huge kiss fan i'm a huge star wars fan those are the two of the most marketed things on the face of the planet and i still would think to myself like every once in a while i'm like yeah boba fett tattoo you know placed properly wouldn't be the worst thing in the world but then i always talk myself out of it because i'm like "Eh, i'm a fan but am i that fan um you know i have a cavaliers tattoo that i'm 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 very happy i'm very happy i'm not knocking it. i'm just saying i'm not that kind of person um I, I, i guess what you're getting into there though is the conversation of like well are you going to promote the things you love are you going to talk about the things you hate and it's like i i just don't understand where it's you're not you're not ending the discussion there. You're not like or creating a new discussion, or right, or adding anything to it. You're not you're not bringing anything to the table. So what what did you accomplish out of this? And it's not like this dude, at least from what I can see in the pictures that I saw, it's not like this dude is covered head to toe in tats. And it was like, dude, whatever, I'll just put another one on me because who cares? I no, got this it. is kind of like his tattoo, right? This is like a big, you know, it, it, you'll see it, and it's just I, I I just don't get that. I much like the LeBron crybaby face. There's another thing on the internet at the crying Jordan face. And I can't remember where that picture was taken from, but Jordan's crying and everyone photoshops it onto stuff now. And never, he hates that, ever would I think to myself like, oh, dude, you know what? That'll really prove that LeBron's the better basketball player by 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 putting this Jordan tattoo on me. Yeah, that's a fair point. Yeah. I, I've never, I, yeah, I don't understand why people think that will work. I, I don't, I'm, I'm not big and when it comes to people that are alive, I'm not big on putting people's faces on on you because you don't know what's going to happen with that person. Like, all right, you put a you put a, you put a jump man tattoo on you, and then all of a sudden he OJ's it. Right, all of a sudden Jordan's a rapist. You know yeah, what I'm saying? And now you have a rapist on your yeah, that's fair. One of my buddies had a like a Hulkamania tattoo on him, and then Hogan comes out and is dropping M bombs all, all over the place. The end tapes all over the place, right? Yeah. Right, and he's even said to me, he's like, dude, man, I kind of wish I would have thought that one out a little bit more. No, it's like, dude, I don't know if you know it's necessarily going to negatively impact your life, but still 
you're standing there with like so unless unless I never thought of that it, with me it was like all right I've got Abraham Lincoln tattooed and yeah it's you're like, pretty safe on but that he's one dead you know <laughs> pretty <laughs> like, pretty safe on that you're one not gonna, you're not going to necessarily sully the name there um as far as and the, you got the Cavs logo so right. it's not a particular player like the like the, the the team isn't going to like like it's not going to be a team rape you know right. what I mean oh, yeah fingers f and cross that's not going to be yo girl trying to get the pipe you um, know what I mean there's not a JR tattoo so so that was kind of always my line there of like well it's better to have something that can't necessarily let you down and I feel like dude this this crying LeBron tattoo I mean what is what is this guy gonna do if LeBron tears off the next three NBA finals you feel know like what I mean idiot. feel it feel stupid well I mean plus he the guy says I just hate the way he flops well then get a, a, a tattoo of every NBA player right. Right. Because they all do that. That's like holding in the NFL. There's holding on every NFL play. Like, so I I don't understand that. And, like, LeBron, first of all, you know he's a Hall of Famer. He's already won a couple of titles. I mean, he's going down as, in the conversation, as the greatest of all time. Good place to be. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's, he's done all right. The tattoo doesn't really hold up in my mind. Um, have you seen the latest about LBJ, uh, Chris Broussard over the weekend talking about how all this talk about him leaving is very premature. And as far as he can tell that, uh, LeBron will be in Northeast Ohio for quite a while. Broussard has been saying that for about a week now. Yeah. I, um, and look, I, I yield to him a lot cause I feel like Chris kind of has, you know I mean? He worked at the Akron Beacon Journal for a long time. And I mean, I know he knows people close to LeBron and, um, I find him to be pretty smart and he's not super hot takey he normally kind of keeps it level-headed or at least he'll try as far as an espn guy goes yeah yeah, i mean he's now over at fox sports but yes as far as like one of those types of guy goes he tries to you know at least stay as level-headed as he can this you know today's media age um i but i I disagree here a little i'm not sure where it's going to be and if i had to bet it today i bet that he stays but I think that there's a scenario out there that can be put together that could lure him away from the Cavaliers, and that's all I've been saying. I haven't been guaranteeing he's leaving. I'm saying I would start preparing yourself for the likelihood that it could happen so we're not out there burning jerseys looking like, you know, jilted ex-lovers of somebody, you know, ultimately at the end of the day. Because before he won you the championship, what you what you were saying is different than what you'd say now, which is before he got the championship when you were close, what everybody say? Well, if he gives me one, I don't care what he does. And now if he leaves, you're still going to like trash him in the street, which is going back on what you had said before he delivered you the championship. I just want everybody to remember that. You know what I mean? Because when he goes, I'm not going to be in here with piss and vinegar talking about how bad he is. You know what I mean? I'm going to be like, well, didn't gave me the championship, waited 52 years for it, or the whole thing. You know what I mean? We're all fine now. There was a, a little bit more violence in Canton, Ohio over the weekend, and we'll pass on those stories to you next on Rock 106. 106.9. Welcome back to the Sands Ray Show. Rock 106.9. We'll talk to Scott from winningfornextyear.com at 8 o'clock. Find out if there's any truth to those rumors. Cavs trying to move Kevin Love. Get Paul George here. Apparently, it's like a three-team deal. Like, we're going to send Kevin Love to Denver. Denver's going to send a couple of people you've never heard of to Indiana. Indiana's going to send Paul George here. I'm sure there's going to be some money floating around with that, too. Find out if there's any truth in that. Also, uh, Fantos says he's hearing more rumors about, was it Carmelo and then Dwayne Wade coming to the Cavaliers? Um, yeah, we're obviously at that point of the, of the offseason where anybody's going to throw anything out there to see if it's going to stick to the wall. Yeah. Um, but I feel like there's a lot of promising moves, and all of a sudden it's like, well, maybe we shouldn't be so pessimistic about the future there. So, yeah, you just gotta wait and see what happens. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. the the fan base of the North 
East Ohio Sports. I mean, dude, they're uh, dude. They float in the wind, man. They fly in the wind. It's very wishy washy. Honestly, it's it, it 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 surprises me. You would just think that people who were so used to losing so many times and 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 not having a winner, you'd think there would be some sort of like iron resolve there. But nope, it just yeah, they just one way or the other, they just flail in the wind. Yeah. So people were suggesting to me all weekend. Oh, you know, Netflix brought out their new show. You got to binge watch it. It's about Glow, the glamorous ladies of wrestling. Right. And I remember, I'm old enough to remember Glow, like when it was on late night cable TV. And like, I remember, like I watched it. Obviously, I was a fan of it. I was a kid. And, you know, oh my God, there was like women and they were wrestling. And so like I watched the first episode of that. And the main characters naked twice in the first 20 minutes of the first episode. And it was still boring. Really? Ugh, dude, it was awful. I have, uh, I have not- Vice is calling it the best Netflix show ever. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I've not watched it yet, but it seems like everybody else is like raving about it. Ugh, dude, the first episode was so goddamn boring that honestly, I mean, I found myself getting up and walking away from the TV at moments of it. And like, so I, now there are certain shows that take a while to unfold and develop. Right. So I, I, I'm going to go back to be fair to the program itself. I'm going to go back and watch one more. If you can't pull me in within two episodes now and anymore, then you got to know you're probably not pulling me in. Especially as it's an hour long program, correct? I mean, if you're dedicating two hours. Was it an hour long? Well, I don't know. I can't I remember. I honestly, I can't remember. I was just like, I was sitting there the entire time watching. I remember thinking to myself, that's the second time they've shown her boobs without clothes on. This is the second time they've done it. And I'm, and they still can't get me the, like, think that this is worth watching and mark maron's normally great i love mark maron but it was just like i get it he's got a mustache he snorts a lot of cocaine because it's in the 19 i mean it's just very it was very easy like low-hanging fruit not i just i don't know like i said i'll watch one more and see if it was any good or not but like i just pulled up an article of vice is like this is the best show netflix has ever done it's like I mean, they're five seasons in on Game of Cards. Is it House of Cards? House of Cards there. That's what it is. Let, let's, let's ease back. This is the best show they've ever done. That was my whole thing. I'll watch one more. See if it's good, but I'll check it out today, probably. I didn't think it was that good. There was some violence in Canton over the weekend where one man is dead and four others injured now. In nearly two, I'm sorry, in two early morning shootings, just 20 minutes apart. And the last I heard, they still did not know if these were related. Um, but officers were called at like 3.30 in the morning to the Skyline Terrace Apartments complex uh, where a man had been struck when several shots were fired. He was taken into an area hospital with injuries described as non-life-threatening. And then they were called again to 3.50, I'm sorry, at 3.50 a.m. to Edwards Avenue where several more shots were fired. Four people were hit there. Now, I do believe one man had died over the weekend. Um, and then three others were injured in the one shooting. But there was two shootings, 20 minutes apart, 3.30, you know, 10 to 4 in the morning there. Um, and, I, and I saw people posting about this, uh, you know, and God damn it, Canton, and like all this stuff. And like, again, just jumping up and down the city. And I always tell people, just take a deep breath and relax. I'll remind you, I think it was 2014, 2015, there was nine homicides here. Like, that's – one's too many, yes, but – this whole we live in like the crappiest city in America. You just got you got to dial it down, 
And because you really don't. Actually, a new study came out that said the 30 most dangerous cities in America and Canton, Ohio doesn't even come anywhere near this list. And it was a widely more expanded survey than what we had done last week where like it was in the Canton rep where that guy said uh, where Canton came out is like one of the 20 worst cities to live in. Well, in the 30 most dangerous cities in America, we're not even anywhere near the list. Um, still, we were three times higher when it came to violent crimes than the nationwide average. So, I mean, it's not, you know, a stretch. And, and, and when it came to the worst cities in America, that wasn't just most dangerous. That was a bunch of other factors that kind of went into it, too, including like air quality, um, it's like, you know, it, events that happen, things like the that. The bulk of that study, when you look at it, was people moving in and out of the area. And yes, people, there's a lot of flight leaving Northeast Ohio. It's not just here. That's a lot of that. That's what's happening to the state. Yeah. And I mean, obviously, that's a a, a big problem for Canton. And as you get older and you kind of get poorer, you have to start thinking about like, well, you know, obviously there's talented young professionals in Canton, Ohio. There's people who are graduating from, you know, whether it's Malone or any of the any of the universities around here or or, or the high schools around here. Um, But what they're doing is leaving tire marks on the way out. As soon as you get that degree, as soon as you get that opportunity, as soon as you get a call from some somewhere else, some other city. Dude, you are gone. And and it's not even a second thought for those people. So like that's going to be a real challenge in the future is like how do we make this a place where young professionals want to live? Wasn't that always true of college degrees? Like when you got them people were isn't that part of the reason people go to college is to get away from where they are and like the the one employer from their hometown? Like that kind of seems like to me like the point of going to college. Yeah, I mean, I think that's I, I think that's you know always been the case, but I think that's become more and more true as we've moved forward. Is that like people don't want to? And I understand you want to go see the rest of the world, and I'm not saying that like well it's for everybody to stay here. Um, but there should be a little bit of of and and I think what ideally was what people wanted to happen is you went away for college, you went away for four years, and then you had those skills. Let me go home with right, it now. And now. I have these skills now. I have this yeah, you that know, happened to this higher ability, and now I can come back and make a positive impact in my community. Got to go where the jobs are, and and so yes, I I think job creation is something that's facing not only this community but most communities in America. Um, I, you know, I read an article today uh, about a guy who owned a store and said, "Look, you know, retail is becoming the new factory." Meaning, you know, the, this is the new wave of jobs that people are losing due to online shopping. Right. You know what I mean? He's like, it's one thing when, you know, factory shut down. He's like, but now he's like, if you shut out down all industry, it's like, well, that's what everybody feels about when their industry gets attacked. I remember when radio started going through that. I was like, well, this isn't fair. But it's like, well, again, fair doesn't right. enter into adult life ever. And, you know, that's part of it. I um. So job creation is going to be it's going to have to be big and, and and we will have to spend some time thinking about how we do that here. And, I, you know, I, I, I kind of want to ask you, but I know it's not one or the other. It's a combination of the two. But when you have a lack of jobs, you have a lack of hope, you have a lack of future when young people see like themselves coming up is like, well, either a I can leave Canton and go find something or B, I can stay here and not have anything. And then shortly after you make that decision of B, I'm going to stay here. I can't leave here for whatever reason. Drugs come out to be a part of it. And I have to assume that this recent um, what is it over the past two weeks? We've had like four or five murders. Like I have to assume that drugs played a big part in. I in would that. think so. It just it, it I would makes think so. sense to me. Yeah. I mean, that's normally what happens. As a matter of fact, again, I read an article last week that was talking about how 
as opiates are running through the country, people are dying due to overdoses, but like the street crime isn't the same as it was when like crack exploded in America or when like powder heroin exploded in America in the 70s. And the reason there is, is because opiates are being sold by 17 year olds in their parents' basement. This isn't drug dealers battling over street corners the way you had to with crack, the way you had to with powdered heroin. This, that's where all the violence with, with drug dealing comes in. It, it's dealers you know, killing each other over real estate so they can sell the drugs. So you're saying this is a little bit more spread out. It's a, a, yeah, okay. it's a little bit more spread out. You're going to, to a suburban house to get these drugs. Right, where, where crack was very much an urban problem. On the street. Crack was an urban problem. Sold on the corner, right. Opiates are not only a suburban problem, but a rural problem. Very, very you know. And so, yeah, you're you're going to different locales. You don't have to bang on the corner anymore. You can sell it out of you know your parents' basement or in the high school parking lot. It's not necessarily drug dealers vying for pieces of real estate. I um I, I I wish I could point at the answer here. I feel like since this has all kind of happened over the past two weeks, I've just been kind of left with this uh, this kind of I feel like a hollow message of like no guys, Canton's okay. Like no, it's it's all right. You're going to be fine here. You should come here. You should you're going to enjoy it here. And I just feel like there's a lot of. Uh, what do I want to say? Uh, sometimes it's like, dude, you're just you're just cheerleading, and there's no substance there for you to be really. What I would say to that is, show me the city where this isn't true. You know what I mean? Show me the city that doesn't have crime. Show me the city where people don't get murdered. There isn't one. You know what I mean? So I so this whole I'm gonna like feel doom and gloom about where I live because uh, because of murder. Like I'm sorry, there's just no community where that doesn't happen. There isn't but, one. But there's a ton of communities that don't have three times the violent rate, the violent crime rate that uh, of, of of the nation. That part's not great, and we, we got to do something about that. But again, to put a little perspective into this. Canton police solve more murder cases than most police departments across the nation. They looked into this. Our three, five, and 10-year average is at 80 or 81% clearance rate for murders. The national average is 65. Now, clearance does not mean convicted. It means arrested suspect or suspect died. There's a couple of other factors in there, too, but it does not mean suspect behind bars. That's not what clearance rate means. But it does mean, I mean, there's no such thing as resolve unless you actually do get the conviction right, right. there. But that's how they judge clearance, is by a suspect being arrested. And they have a clearance rate of 80 or 81% over their 3, 5, and 10-year average. Most the, the, the national average is 65%. So what I will tell you is when violent crime happens here, at least our police department handles it and handles it pretty well. Better than the national average. So, again, to put some perspective into, yeah, there's three times, you know, and and again, this article gets into that you can't be afraid of those kind of statements and those kind of numbers, because no matter where you live, you are still very unlikely to deal with crime yourself. It's probably you may hear of somebody dealing with it, but you yourself are fine. That's how when you hear numbers like that, you're like, well, by that kind of math, how is my neighbor not a, a victim of this? Very easy to say to people who are just coming into town and like, hey, you know, hey, I'm coming down for first Friday and I live in Jackson and everything's going to be fine. Yeah, you're probably going to be okay. It's a lot harder for me to tell students of Project Rebuild, like, ah, no, it's fine, guys. It's fine. When those kids have been impacted. Well, yeah, I mean, mean, there are people that live in different parts of the city. You know what I mean? But like, again, the study says the bulk of Americans are very unlikely to deal with violent crime in their lifetime. Very unlikely is the term that they used. And I I believe that's probably mostly true. And what I would tell people in green and Jackson, this and that, there was two murders in green last year. So what do you, I mean, is it that much safer? Doesn't feel like it. I just think you got to dial down the, we live in the worst city in America stuff. I think you just got to, now I know that's what social media is for. It's for people to like bitch about stuff. I get it. 
And if that makes you feel better for the 10 minutes, then, you know, I guess then so be it and you do it or whatever. But I'm telling you, I, I, I think you're probably better off than you think you are. You know who's much better off? Who's that? Men who have married fat women. Apparently, you're the happiest okay. dudes on the face of the planet. We'll tell you why, or at least try to figure out why, <laughs> next on the Stansberry Show. Can't miss Rock Station. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show. 8.45, we'll get you up with those Hailstorm tickets. Also, 8 o'clock, we'll talk to Scott from winningfornextyear.com. So apparently, a new study was conducted by a psychology department that claims a lot of you are really, really happy. All right. It discovered, this study did, that men who were in a relationship with chubby women were happier than those who were in relationships with skinny women. Not only were they happier, Fantone, they were listed as being 10 times happier. Now, again, this was a study by the by a department of psychology. So when they say 10 times, I'm assuming math went into that, and that's not just hyperbole in conversation. I I, I guess I will agree with you there. I, I, I don't necessarily... Well, that's what I'm to understand, right? Right, right. yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know necessarily the... Uh, 10 times happier than with a skinny woman? How reputable this place is, but if that's what they're claiming, that's See, what we're this going is, with. Th- this is how you get answers because the penis can't talk. Like, that's, like, you know what I mean? Like, this is what that, and some of this, I would assume, was self-reporting. And were their wives sitting right next to him? Looking at him like, yeah, you, you better, better say, say you're happy. Super happy. Right? Like, I don't know that. They're, they don't give me a lot of that. And so then they give me, like, some of the reasons why. And this is where it gets real, and this isn't, like, a real word, I don't think, bloggy. Like the, uh, hey, we'll pass this around the internet. It does. There's not a lot of like sound. They didn't give me a lot. I didn't see the scratch paper and how they got to 10 times happier. Okay. But they give me like some reasons as to why. And it's because there's more of them to love. No guy cares about that. Guys don't care about that. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong. Obviously, some dudes do prefer plus size women, and there's no denying that. But like, there's more to love. I mean, like, are you really like, you know what my problem is with this super hot chick that I'm banging is that there's physically not more of her. I don't think anyone. Yeah, does. nobody ever thought that. A, I don't think that. No, I want to make it abundantly clear. Like, how do I say this right without like getting myself in a lot of trouble? I like curvy women. I do. I always have. Right. And I feel, but there is a difference between fat and curvy. There is. There's a total difference in those things. Um, And I know I personally passed curvy back a while ago. I know I'm like fat. I get it. Right. So I, but I don't, I would have never thought to myself, well, there's there's just so much more of her to love. That's why I'm, I'm, that's, that's asinine. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's not, guys don't think like that. We just don't think about about Um, it like that. You know, there certainly are, you know, different layers of like uh, of body types here and i always think it's funny how as plus size women and curvy women as 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 they like to be called some people call them thick um i like thick there's there's all these different levels of it and i saw this this weekend i was i was driving on 12th street and i actually pointed this woman out to my girlfriend so if you were walking on 12th street this weekend and you're really fat sorry about this but i said to her i was like babe like look at that chick right there and you know how there's all these like oh dude everybody type is important and we're also like oh you know we're dove and we're gonna put you know or and there's all these plus size models now and it's like when we talk about like plus size models we're talking about like that ashley graham chick or what's that yeah. chick from um 
Modern Family that Ariel, uh, whatever her name is, the youngest daughter who's like got a you know she's, oh yeah, yeah, yeah she's yeah, yeah. thick now, and it's like we point to these women and say like those oh, are average sized women love every body type. Well, average or even if they are bigger, they still look fantastic naked. Like they look awesome in their underwear. Point go go if you really want to talk about body acceptance and like oh everybody we should you know we should appreciate and say is beautiful. Go look at that woman on 12th Street because I guarantee you Dove's not putting her body type out, dude. Well, no, guarantee they gotta it. they still gotta sell the product in the end well, of the day, and Americans want to see attractive things. But if the concept is that is that well, like and, and, the and, concept is them lying to the American public and feeding into this this fake niceness stuff that's happening on Twitter. So goes the 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 BBW, the big beautiful woman. It's like yeah, you're pointing out these women who are legit attractive. If you really want to make your point, start pointing out women who are gross. Yeah, that's never going to happen because they have to sell products. Another reason why they say here that that men that are married to fat women are happier. And again, that's the word this article is using, not me. It's because it's twofold here. Another two reasons are they're foodies and they cook better. And it's because that a, a way to a man's heart is through his stomach. And, you know, yeah. the, the guys like, let me tell you something. If I could have a wife with 30 less pounds and we ordered out, I would be perfectly fine with it. You know what I mean? I'm not sure that's why guys are happier just because their wife's a better cook because she's heavy. Yeah, I mean, don't, I don't buy that. Don't get me wrong. I think guys do appreciate being taken care of. Yes. So you're going to, but I, yeah, I, I mean, I don't know if I buy that either. They say here that that chubbier <laughs> women are funnier women, and so more laughs equals more happiness. Now, yeah, the more you laugh in the home, the more happy you're going to be. But every overweight woman I see in public is just tight-fisted and mean and angry and just yelling at their skinny husband in the middle of Walmart, and he looks like he just wants to go to the rifle section and end it all. Well, every single time. Every single time. That's the story I see. The stereotype of fat, funny people does exist, and I, I, I understand why, because if you're fat, you feel like you have to be funny, because if you're not, then what else do you have there? Um, but often what the problem with that is, and I always view like Melissa McCarthy as a prime example, it's like, Every joke she does is about how she's a fat chick. You know what I mean? It's not like she's genuinely that funny. It's just like, oh, I've got this evergreen comedy thing that I can go to. It's, it's also like you kind of have to pretend that they're really funny because you're trying to be nice. A lot of times that happens, right? Where it's like, well, I guess we. she's got a great personality. <laughs> hear that one a lot. And another one of the reasons why they say why men who are married to fat women are happier than men who are married to skinny women is because they say there's no stupid diets ever. What? That's who's trying all the stupid diets or all the fat people in the world. You know how many fat people I see online trying to sell me wraps for me to get skinnier? I've never seen the hot chick online trying to sell me the here's how you get skinnier bra ever. It's always like the fat girl that you know who's like, no, if you wrap this around this, you lose 30 pounds, then why haven't you done it yet? No, if, if you're with somebody who's kind of embracing the fat and who's living that lifestyle and is like, dude, you know what? We're not going on a diet. We're not doing those stupid wraps. We're not doing doing anything like that. Well, then I, you're going to go to the hospital uh, hand in hand. I, I, can, I can understand. <laughs> I can understand how that might make you as a man happier just because at that point you don't have expectations anymore. It's like, well, hell, if you're getting fat, why am I not getting fat? And I can see how that would lead to like, all right, well, we'll just be two fat people rolling around in mashed potatoes together. I that will, sounds good. I will admit this is where being a man does benefit you. 
there's less pressure for us to be skinnier late in life than there is for women, for sure. I will admit that this is one of those areas. And I hate now this whole thing where it's like, you got to take white men down a peg. But I got, but I do got to be honest. Like, that is one of the things where I am happy I was born a man. Like, I feel no pressure at my age to still be in shape. Like, none. Like, in my own head. But I don't feel society's pressure. Like, no. you know, like, like my value is any less. Now, again, partially it, it you know, my personality is what drives my profession. Maybe if that wasn't true, I would think about it differently as well. But I do. This is an area where men do have a serious leg up on uh, on women in society. I cannot lie about that. A woman has been paralyzed after an orgasm. Yeah, you heard me right. We'll give you that story next on Rock 106. But I need to hit the the number of subscribed iHeartRadio listeners that it would take. For this company to double down and feel like hand soap is a good idea for the bathrooms in the building. Yeah, I don't know how many it's going to take. But I'm not shaking another hand in this building until hand soap is, is purchased. It's not happening. So when I go into a meeting today and I'm not shaking hands and people think I'm like the biggest dick or a diva or whatever, I'm just going to sit there and feel perfectly okay about it. Just sit there and smell your fingers. They'll know why. It's been weeks now. I, I just... I, I can't figured out dial is outside of our grasp dial there's none in in the bathroom you use zero none i haven't seen it. none no i guess i could switch bathrooms i'm using yeah i could do that dude poop one place wash your hands another that's that's that's, or i could do that yeah that's how it's gotta go or we could uniform all the bathrooms i mean you know whichever way you guys want to do it it's fine so I need everybody downloading iHeartRadio. Maybe that's how I get hands up. Use it, too. You leave that iHeartRadio on. Yeah, baby. leave it on. Yeah. yeah, turn it on, leave yeah. it on, do that whole thing. I have an interesting story here uh, from across the pond. Okay. Where a 43-year-old woman, who happened to be pregnant at the time, okay, was having a headache during sex, and apparently she orgasmed, Fantone, and then was left paralyzed down the left-hand side of her body. How did that happen? Uh, again, pregnant at the time, rushed to the hospital. She was actually induced into a coma while doctors performed a craniotomy to relieve pressure on her brain. Six days she was in the coma. Jeez. She awakens to find out her baby was unharmed, and then three months later gave birth to the baby, And she hopes that stem cell therapy may one day help her regain movement, but in the meantime, wants to raise awareness of the potential warning signs of headaches during sex. Now, I had always heard that headaches were the reason or was the excuse for women not to have sex. So I was kind of interested to see that she decided to have the sex there. She says, nobody talks about post-orgasm head pain, she told Demir. It's understandable, but I want to raise awareness of how it can be a warning sign. Because of it, I have lost a huge part of me, my career, and uh, my daughter may, uh, or any siblings my daughter may have had, she says here, because of, you know, being paralyzed from the left side of her body down. Well, at 43, were you going to keep popping kids out? You know what I mean? Like, Probably not. Jeez. <laughs> Getting a little up there. Right. You got to cut the call, call, it a, call it a day at some point. Uh, she had five strokes in total that uh, doctors believe um, caused an abnormality in a blood vessel that also caused her to have headaches after climaxing during sex. Headaches after sex are believed to be caused by a leak of spinal fluid uh, from the skull into the spine alleviated by lying down. 
Oh, so this was all because like every time she had sex, then she would get a headache. Do you have any like post-sex weirdness? No, I mean, I, I, I nothing. I don't have a headache. <laughs> usually, usually I'll go to the bathroom and then take a shower and then go lay down and go to sleep. No, I don't. I have not ended up paralyzed. I, I'm still a little confused on how like how it happened. Like, I am too. They don't totally go into that, but apparently she's saying like this was something that was plaguing her for a while, where she would have an orgasm and then get a headache. And again, they say it's because of the lack of, uh, or, or the leak, I'm sorry, of spinal fluid from the skull into the spine. I, uh, some neurologists believe HSA, headache associated with sexual activity, can be caused by an increased pressure through exertion. Yeah, I guess I could see that if you're really getting it in, if you guys are like banging it out and, you know, all sorts of, you know, karma sutra, you know, sex going down, then I can see like, dude, I'm out of breath. My head kind of hurts, dude. I got that funny, like, you know, like seeing stars. Then maybe I could see that. But just average sex, like normal sex, I feel terrible for this woman, even worse for her husband. Oh, her husband's in the be- the best. Are you kidding me? This story's gone viral. This is from across the pond. And we're talking about it. every woman in the world wants to get hooked up with that, dude. I actually have something similar that I've always been worried about that WebMD has never been able to clear up for me. Now, I've never obviously had a stroke after. And you're right. There are different orgasms that the person can have, right? You can have an average orgasm, and then you can have one that's a little intense. Uh-huh. I have noticed in my lifetime, and WebMD has never been able to answer this question for me, and I've never talked to an actual physician about it. Maybe I should do that. Maybe. But during what I would consider to be an above average orgasm moment i can from time to time and this has been my most of my life well all all my sexual life anyway that i will lose a little bit of hearing in my left ear like i'll get like a little bit of ringing in my left ear yeah that's concerning uh I always felt it was like, dude, like that's the body doing good stuff. It was like, dude, that's not like I'm earth, like I'm I'm shattering stuff that's going down. I've always worn it as like a badge of honor, like I had done something right. I don't know. I mean, I obviously, you know, you're you're sitting there in the glow of orgasm, feeling good about yourself. Yeah. No, dude. No, you're not ruining it. I don't think that that's something to be celebrated at all. That's probably something you should go get checked out. No. Well, what am I supposed to do? Have sex in the in the waiting room and be like, oh no, it didn't happen this time, doc. It's like taking the car to the mechanic and be like, no, I swear to God, it makes a noise when I drive it. It's like one of those type things. I don't know how the doctor is going to be able to like streamline that down and figure out what's wrong with me. I would, I would, I would say hopefully there's a doctor listening right now a uh, a physician maybe that could give us some sort of an insight of like why why would you be going deaf after having an orgasm no that's not normal Dude, i'll all. tell you the bigger problem is that i haven't had that problem in a little while now <laughs> i've had the orgasms but i haven't had a deafening orgasm in a while and that one kind of bums me out we'll talk to scott from waiting for next year.com we will do so next on rock 106.9 dan stansbury matt fantone just kiss your fruit cakes the stansbury show chilling in the studes with my dudes on Rock Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. Still to come, we have those Hailstorm tickets. They're playing Goodyear Theater October 3rd. We'll get choked up here shortly. Around 845 is when we'll do that. Every Monday at 8, we talk to Scott from winningfornextyear.com. This Monday shall be no different. Scott, how are you, buddy? Doing well, man. How are you guys? Uh, I'm all right. Let me ask you a pretty easy question. When are the Indians going to win? When they when they start hitting the baseball with guys on base, yeah, that might um, right. yeah. I mean, we and we talked about it. I mean, it's a completely fluky thing, and it's kind of the the nature of the game. Um, I mean, you saw them capitalize like none other in Minnesota with guys on base at a, at a clip that's you know unsustainable. 
you know, you wish they could just find some way in the middle, you know, <laughs> and, and just hit most, you know, hit some of the time with guys on base. But to strand 29 guys um, with 25 at-bats um, with runners in scoring position is, is not a way to win baseball games. Yeah, it's not smart. Not the best way to do it there. As, as the Indians, I would assume, have to lead the MLB when it comes to um, leaving dudes on base. And it's a frustrating thing because you see them hit dingers and you see them hit homers. And it's like, dude, this is this is something's happening there. But you're right. You, you leave them out there. Um, how frustrating is it for a dude like Corey Kluber, who put together a fantastic performance this weekend, uh, to really get no help from his offense? And, and does that kind of lead to a bad place as a team? Well, offense and defense, um, you know, two the two runs that scored in the first were on errors. Um, you know, Jason Kipnis, you know, threw one away. Jan Gomes threw one into left field. Next thing you know, they have two runs. Um, you know, Corey had a masterful game, zero earned runs, and takes a loss. It's it's it's. But but a guy like Corey is is a you know, crazy professional. I mean, he's there's been plenty of games where that's happened. And again, it's kind of the nature of the game. You see, you know, you see guys throw, you know beautiful outings and and have a closer, you know, cough up a, a lead or something along those lines. And, and you just live to fight another one. You know, the unfortunate part is when you're the Indians and you're Indians, you know, as, as fans watching the game, you want to capitalize when you see your starting pitcher throw games like that. So I don't think it leads to any sort of, you know, tension in the locker room or anything, but it just it shows this team has the capabilities to be winning, you know, way more baseball games than they are. And you just have to hope this all starts clicking at some point because, you know, they – the, the Twins are hanging around here. You know, you hope that they, when the Indians won eight of nine here coming before coming back home, that they would have been able to, you know, kind of use this to catapult to a, you know, four or five game lead in the Central, you know, heading into the All-Star break, which 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 is crazy to think that it's only two weeks away. Um, but it's it's just one of those things where, you know, the, the game is silly. It's, that's why they play 162 of them, because uh, there's so much randomness that you got to smooth it out after a while. And, uh, you know, hopefully, you know, you, you see this with the way the team's hitting the ball. You just, they just got to start doing it when guys are on base. Corey Kluber could be pissed and nobody would ever know. He's got the same facial expression no matter what's happening. That photo of him in the NBA Finals when LeBron was doing awesome stuff and he's just there stoic was amazing. I mean, that guy's just, his demeanor never changes, ever. Yeah, no, I, it's, I, and I think his wife was in, in, in on the gig, too, uh, just standing there as all, you know, as, as stoic as well. It's, I, it's it's his thing, but it's just so funny to see because that was clearly a candid shot. You know, I don't think he knew that he was in that right. frame. Um, but it, you know, it's just it's just it's that clue bot. You know what I mean? It's it, there's not many players, and 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 I I wonder sometimes if that's why you know some of these guys are tougher to market than others. Oh, I mean, how do you sure, market Corey Kluber outside yeah. of Cleveland? You know, we we embrace the hell out of that because we think it's awesome and he's great and he's a great pitcher and it's it's funny that he's so stoic, but. It's also a sport that you know thrives on you know showmanship at times, and you know it's it's it's, it's really tough. That's why when the, the guy wins the Cy Young Award and half of baseball is like who's who, hey, who, no you know, cares, it, right. there's a reason for that. But no, I think we're very very fortunate to have a guy like Corey Kluber, you know, in this town on this team, um, you know, you know, to, to think that you know they they traded for him you know, for Jake Westbrook, you know, a decade ago is is is, is crazy, but. So that said, um, you know, I do think he's going to remain one of the best pitchers in baseball. You just got to get up some wins.
What happens if like 10 years after he's like retired from the league and it's like all gone bad and Corey Kluber like kills 10 people? <laughs> it's like, we should have seen the warning signs. He could experience no joy. And like <laughs> the whole thing, like that's going to be the 30 for 30. Corey Kluber goes crazy, starts beating people with baseballs from a clock tower and just sit in there stone faced. I could totally see it. Before I get into the Cavaliers with you and they're all like, you know, the topic of conversation, I I've got one listener, and only the one, who um, who is obsessed with the Cleveland Browns and the fact that they're going to be better. And he he tweets this into me every week when I talk to you. And he is it Greg? No, it's not Greg. I found another guy who loves you. I uh, it's my buddy Dustin who claims that the Cleveland Browns are going to have a top five offensive line in the league this year. Is he even close to being right? If the guys stay healthy, yes. Um, the the resources they Damn put in. Don't forget, I know we, we all kind of get caught up in the draft. The the resources they put in in free agency um, are were immense to, to bolster that offensive line. And and you know, and not that they're all going to be Joe Thomases, but they're. I mean, if you want to if you want to put it in perspective, they could all be Alex Max. Okay. And if but they have to stay healthy. Treader, um, great center, needs to stay healthy. The, you know, the guard they picked up from Cincinnati, um, you know, is again, one of the best in football. But if they're only playing eight or nine games, that's, it's not, it's not going to help you. You know, the weakest link is probably the right tackle. Uh, but it looks like Sean Coleman, the second year, the second year tackle, you know, hopefully, you know, could take the next step up. Big kid, you know, can, you know, the right tackles almost become just as important as the left tackle has these days. So you, you don't want to, you can't, you can't give, your whole offensive line max deals, but uh, the, uh, the if 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 they play to talent, um, I don't know if they'll be Dallas, but they but they they should definitely be up there given the given the uh, the resources that have been put in. So okay. he he is accurate there. Okay. Um, I just don't know what it's going to turn into given the lack of skill positions on the offensive side of football. You tell me, I have a top five offensive line in football. I think that, that should at least get you five wins. Five. And I don't. I, I think that's being kind of fair, right? I don't think that's great. I'm not saying nine. I think five. If you have a top five offensive line, I think that that should equal five wins. Am I crazy? Uh, yeah, you know, I think it's, you might be able to sneak one or two out. You know, I think I think three to four range should you know should be a decent barometer. Um, the the issue would be the quarterback's got to throw the football. You can't have Cody Kessler or whomever holding the ball for six seven seconds because no offensive line will help you at that point. That's true. Um, you know, it should it should do wonders for guys like Isaiah Crowell or Duke Johnson or or whomever they have, you know, running the football. It should do wonders for at least quarterback confidence to to, to see plays unfold without having to bail, you know, at, at, at first glance because, you know, um I can't think of the kid from Florida State now, the center. Um, but the uh, you know you know just blowing up their you know assignments and, and getting into the backfield. You know, so there, there, it, it does do a lot. For your team, I mean, you saw what it did for the Dallas Cowboys last year. I mean, right. Deke Elliott's terrific running back. Don't get me wrong, but I mean, some of the holes he was running through were outrageous. And if you can get even a fraction of that, you are a much better football team. But you have to, to sustain drives. You can't have three and outs. You can't have three and longs. You know, those kind of things just just damn a football team. And if you're if you're going to keep doing that, and the defense is going to be on the field for you know sixty seventy percent of the game. You're you're just not going to win a lot of them. So no, it it, it gives you a better shot. Don't get me wrong, but they still have to execute. 
Winter sucks, man. It's like 22 degrees, and we're talking about four wins, maybe. <laughs> Dude, winter just blows. Let's move on to the Cavaliers, because I feel like there's more good news to be found there than there ever is in Berea. And it seems now like the Cavs are officially shopping Kevin Love. I'm hearing rumors about a three-team deal that would send Kevin Love to Denver. Denver's going to send a couple of bums over to Indiana. Indiana's going to give up their best player to us. I don't see how that works, but is there any truth in any of this stuff that's happening, or is this just like pie-in-the-sky ideas that Cavs fans want to have happen? Well, that that the way you explain it is pie-in-the-sky. Denver would have to send something to to Indiana. Um and they have a lot of young pieces. Um, the, 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 the trick is getting them to, 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 to move one of them. Um, you know, they have, they have easily one of the best passing big men, if not one of the best big men overall. In Jokic, that's untouchable. Um, and then the kid they drafted last year's shooting guard, Jamal Murray's not going anywhere. Um, they just need to find you know, one of the remaining 13 guys or two of the remaining 13 guys to, or and some draft picks potentially to make um, to make Indiana pull the trigger. Denver drastically wants to improve their power forward spot, and Kevin Love would be a huge upgrade over what they have. Um, you know, it's, it's a, the, the, the trick will be is, you know, what can Denver do to sweeten the deal? Um, you know, there's been a lot of talk on Twitter over the last couple of weeks that they were the logical team to kind of make this happen because you need to find a team that could utilize Kevin Love and, and, and and, and, you know, have him be in a situation either like he was here last year, like he was towards the last few years in Minnesota. And Denver has that kind of situation, given their floor spacing and their extremely talented center. Um, you know, but the, but the trick will be, you know, can they, are they willing to give up, you know, some assets mm-hmm. in order to, to get love back? You know, that's always the, you know, the trick. And I, I don't, I don't think it's fair to say the Cavs are shopping Kevin as much as, they want to improve this team, and the only player that they're willing to part with, who other teams want, is, is Kevin Love. That's a fair point. Um, you know, it's, so it's I, you know, I, I, th- I think they really like Kevin. I think if they don't make a trade, they will be perfectly fine um, going to battle with with Kevin as their as their starting power forward. I mean, the guy was an All Star this year. Um, you know, but but that said, you you got to trade something to get something. And, uh, you know, if, if they want to acquire a potential All NBA wing like Paul George, uh, they they have to give up. Uh, a member of their big three, it seems. You know, less than ideal. You, you, you'd right. like to have a big four, but uh, if you're gonna if you're gonna get anything, um, you know, you got you got to you got to move something. Uh, Fantone's chomping at the bit to talk to you about an article actually up at your website right now, which is waitingfornextyear.com, about Paul uh, about Paul George and Carmelo Anthony and Dwayne Wade all being part of the Cavaliers. Before I let him get to that with you, I want to ask you: Is it strange, or should I be worried about the fact that Chauncey Billups not isn't signing his deal? That that he hasn't well, accepted the job yet. As I uh, as I've been telling anyone who will listen, the only thing worse than offering a guy with no experience a position is if that guy turns it down. Right. Um, you know, optically it just doesn't look good. Um, yeah, but from what I know, I mean, he was in Cleveland last week, walking around as if he already had the job. So this whole thing to me is very strange. Okay. I uh, I don't I don't quite know what the situation is. I don't know if it's on the fringes and they're trying to work out some of the details. I don't know you know, how it works. Um, you know, typically a GM comes in or a president comes in and wants to bring in his guys and his, his GM, his head coach and everything down the line. And all of that's in place here. So it's, it's a bit of a weird situation that you're bringing a president of, you know, the Knicks brought in Phil Jackson because they were a mess. Right. Now they're, they're not any better, but you, you, you rarely see these kind of moves, if at all. <laughs> hey, Cleveland, um, right. with, unless, you know, there's, there's some rebuilding going on and, there isn't here. So I don't know if it is a, a matter of 
what kind of say does Chauncey have? I don't know. I, I so I don't know what the what the hangups are. I know there's been reports that he doesn't know if he wants to leave the West Coast if, or if he wants to move out of Denver because that's where his family is or the whole thing. Um, I don't know what the what the future holds, but I do know the longer this carries on, the worse it looks for Dan. And the uh, and uh, you know, if not for Colby Altman, I don't know where this team would be from a planning standpoint because free agency starts in like a week. And and to not have a front office in place is, is is pretty crazy. Yeah, obviously, you know, I think Dan Gilbert has proven himself to be a shoot from the hip kind of guy who's who's not afraid bit. to you know make make bold moves. Um, but you'd think you'd have that pretty much wrapped up before you decided to pull the trigger on that one. At least looking at it from my perspective, that's how I would have liked to have. Known. I, I would know who I was hiring yeah. before I fired somebody. Yeah. But I, that's you me. Know, that's you're right. I mean, I'm not a billionaire, so I guess I really don't have much say in things like that. Um, Stansberry brought it up, and at uh, over waitingfornextyear.com, um, you know, talks about uh, Carmelo Anthony, Dwayne Ooh. Wade, uh, two of LeBron's best friends joining up with the Cavaliers. Both those dudes currently under contract. And like you said, um, if you want to get Paul George, you're going to have to trade Carmelo or you're going to have to trade Kevin Love there. Um, how would the Cavaliers go about getting both those dudes on their roster without really having to give anything up? Uh, well, Dwayne Wade as well um, was, was mentioned in that piece. There's so, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a far, far moonshot, but there's a potential this team could have a big five by, by playoffs next year, which is, which is crazy to think about. But, you know, the Paul George deal would have to go down. Uh, they'd have to clear some roster spots. Uh, New York has tried mightily to to deal Carmelo Anthony for years. Um, last year, there was a ton of rumors linking him to Cleveland uh, that they wanted Kevin Love. David Griffin would not trade Kevin Love for Carmelo Anthony. Um, that trade or lack of, you know, seemed to have some incredible foresight because now they're talking about just buying him out. Um, you know, because he, he Carmelo has a no trade clause, so to, to start dealing him. Is not uh, is not easy, especially when you consider how much money he's making. But if they negotiate a buyout for, you know, eighty eighty five percent of his salary due for this year, he's free to go wherever he wants. And and thinking is that if he's free to go wherever he wants, um, you know, for for at least a year, um, that 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 he they would he would play in Cleveland for at least a short term. It wouldn't be a a long-term thing, it would be a one-year deal, probably that minimum or a portion of the mid-level, whatever they have available uh, to, to get him here. But there is, you know, there's a lot of thinking that you know, while typically buyouts happen after the trade deadline, that the Knicks could go ahead and do this before the season even starts, which would, which would give a, the, okay, the Cavs a full season of Carmelo Anthony. The other situation to monitor is in Chicago. Um, Dwayne Wade picked up a $24 million player option. Uh, thinking that they were going to be in the playoffs again, and then Chicago said, "Oh, wait a second. And then they traded Jimmy Butler to right. Minnesota for a bunch of younger guys, signaling a complete rebuild in Chicago. So if you're Dwayne Wade and you're you know mid thirties and you're towards the end of your career, and uh, Chicago is uh, has to pay you twenty four million, you know if you're Gar Foreman, maybe you say, "Okay, you know Dwayne will give you nineteen and a half, go wherever you want for the next year. And then thinking is, again, LeBron James' best friend uh, could 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 woo him to to come to to come to Cleveland on a on a, on a smaller deal. So it's it's a, again pipe dream because it's the Cavs do not have a lot of cash to throw around, but there's a lot of smoke uh, you know billowing in uh, in the, the, these three you know joining each other for at least one one year here one run, which again goes back to last week. If you're a Cavs fan, I think you treat this year as the last one because there's a lot, there's a lot of one year deals. That are that are in place here. LeBron's a free agent next year. If they get Paul George, he's a free agent next year. If they get Carmelo Anthony and Dwayne Wade, 
it would both be on one year deal. So you have a lot of guys, um, you know, kind of in their, in their final year of this deal, but it could be huge. It could be nothing, but uh, the potential is there. And for it to happen to a team without a front office, I think is insane. That's Scott from waiting for next year.com who joins us every Monday at eight. Scott, thank you so much for joining us. We'll talk to you again next week, my man. Sounds good, guys. Take it easy. We'll be right back with more Sansbury show next on Rock 106.9. Dan Stansbury, Matt Fantone. Just kiss your fruit pigs. The Stansbury Show. Chilling in the studes with my dudes. On Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansbury Show, Rock 106.9. 845, we'll get you hooked up at those uh, Hailstorm tickets. Goodyear Theater, October the 3rd. I almost said a perfect circle, but that was last week. It's hailstorm this week, is what we have to hook you up with. 845 will do that. Canton Maslin made another list I don't think you want to be on. All right. And uh, in the past 50 years, they claim that the U.S. smoking rate has fallen from 40% to about 18%. That's of, uh, of people smoking cigarettes. And so what that number will tell you is that that fad and habit is on the decline. And I know we've done multiple millennial studies that say that that generation is smoking a lot less cigarettes than like my generation, the generation that came before me, obviously, as um, I know a lot of those truth campaigns really work. A lot of that, a lot of that kind of stuff really work. Um, And just more evidence in the, you know, in the, in the side of smoking is not a good decision. And they've made it harder. Like, you know what I mean? Everybody's got to go outside now. You can't smoke indoors in bars and restaurants and that kind of like, and I think a lot of the just inconvenience factor weighed into people quitting. It's definitely what helped me quit. It was a suggestion by somebody I knew. It had been something I had been thinking about doing and it was just inconvenient because you can't do it anywhere anymore. And actually, January would be five years since I've smoked cigarettes. I actually was telling Fantone earlier this morning, I was thinking over the weekend, I was like, man, I wish I could just smoke cigarettes. Like, I just want to do it. Like, I was out on the golf course all weekend and I was out with people who smoke cigarettes. And it's just like, man, I wish I could just have like two of those. But I, I know I can't. It just goes to show you um, addiction, never a war you can win. Is ceasefire is the best you can hope for, and it's always right there, dude. Just just, just waiting for you to slip off. Wolf's always at the door. They listed the 10 U.S. cities with the most smokers. Canton Maslin hits the list. Jeez. At number seven in the top 10 cities where the most smokers live. Number seven. <laughs> <laughs> yes. 27.5% of area residents smoke cigarettes. Almost 30%. That's a lot. That's a lot. Yeah, I'm not surprised, though. The top city has 28%. So, I mean, we're not even that far off. That's all, We're 3%. No, I'm sorry. We're not even 3%. I'm sorry. We're like one, like one full percent point behind Fort Smith, Arkansas, Oklahoma. Must be a border town there. Rounding out the list, Lafayette came in at number two, Erie, PA, number three, Kingsport, Bristol, Bristol, Tennessee, number four, Fayetteville, North Carolina, again, a lot of cigarettes, you know, production down there, that not shocking, Spartanburg, South Carolina, number six, Canton Maslow, number seven, Huntington, Ashland, West Virginia, was number eight, Hickory, Morgantown, North Carolina, number nine, and Winston-Salem, number ten, again, where most of the tobacco fields were down there in Winston-Salem. This doesn't shock me. I see a lot of smoking here, but it is. It's like one of those things now where in 2017, I look at people. I'm like, how are you still doing that? Um, yeah, I, I think around here you definitely see a lot. And as you go other places in life, it's almost like 
jarring how there's not people out there smoking. Right. You go to a lot of cities and it's like you'd feel like you'd feel like a leper with a cigarette hanging off of your right. lip. Where around here it's very common. It's you still see it a lot, yeah. I uh, and I'm envious of, of people who like I have friends who can kind of like pick it up and put it down and like only smoke socially or only smoke when they drink a little bit here and there. And I've always been jealous of that ability because I just don't have it. Cigarettes were one of those things for me. Like I was all in on them, and I miss them dearly. Um, I but definitely it's just a bad habit. I'm definitely that person that you hate. I know I am. Um, my rule with it is like. I have to be in vacation mode to smoke cigarettes. It's not like a drunk thing. It's not like a... We're gone for a week next month, and you'll smoke that entire week and yeah. then come back the next week like nothing ever happened. Yeah. Yeah, that makes me angry. Yeah. I, I And there's part of me, and part of the reason why it makes me angry is that I can't even attempt to see if I can do it because the risk is too high. Because if I, if, because if I can't do it, now I am end up a full-blown smoker again, and I don't want it. I don't miss... I don't miss like having to figure out like oh my god did I stop at the store do I have them where's my lighter or how am I going to do this and especially like during the show like I don't want to have to be thinking about commercial breaks running outside like there's still like two guys that do shows yeah. here that are constantly in and out of the door all morning and it just feels like man I don't want to be a hostage to my cigarettes right that slave to the cigarette of like where you're just standing out there huffing it down in the freezing cold weather yeah. just desperately trying to get your nicotine fix in just I, seems i'm glad i don't desperate. live there anymore yeah. i am but i don't want that I, I, i'm not gonna lie to you every time i do make the decision and usually like i said it's if i'm off on vacation and like out of town or if i'm at a wedding or like an event like that where i feel like all right this is kind of a special occasion but i know that i'm just flirting with disaster i mean i'm right on the cusp of lucky, things man. falling apart there um you said 50 you uh you're gonna go back to it so i mean it's not yeah, gonna be that much longer at 50 i'm picking up cigarettes i'm doing it again yeah i am why not 45 why not well f- that might happen why not 43 well, we'll see. You know what I mean? I, I right now, I well, I I don't make enough money to smoke cigarettes, so you know what I mean. It's the Rock 106.9 sobriety plan. What do you guys you got? A cocaine problem? No, of course you don't. You work at Rock 106.9. You can't afford that. I wonder if that's what happened. So you guys are thinking about hiring Sansbury, huh? He could be a little bit of a handful. How are you going to keep that guy in control? He likes to party a little bit. Well, we're just not going to pay him. And he won't have enough money to then to like, you know, get into all of these vices that he's had the rest of his career. That's our whole plan. We're gonna starve him out. Goddamn Keith Kennedy and his brilliant ways. <laughs> we have hailstorm tickets. You'll have them next on Rock 106.9. On Canton's Rock Station, Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Sands Ray Show on Rock 106.9. We have hailstorm tickets. We're about to pass those out here shortly. 1-800-243-7625, the number you'll need on those. They're playing the Goodyear Theater in Akron on October the 3rd. We'll pass those out here shortly. I did read this. Facebook is looking to help prevent catfishing. If you don't know what catfishing is, basically when somebody steals your online identity, your photos and the like, and then presents themselves as you. Uh, it got turned into like a, what an MTV movie, and they did like a whole series called yeah, Catfish. Similar. And uh, I think most famous 
uh, catfish story ever was probably Monte Teo, was that that football player from Notre Dame who was like in an online relationship with somebody for like what a year and a half or whatever and never seen her or whatever and was like um, and then eventually we found out that it was a completely like fake person. Yeah, because oh my girlfriend died and it turned out she didn't even exist. It yeah, was, that was the story there, there, right? And uh, and I remember like people were more talking about the catfishing story than they were about his ability to play football during that draft. It was crazy. Well, I mean, tons of great guys, you know, guys can go out there and play football, but like if you're dumb enough to get catfished on a public scale like that, you know what I mean? It's not like you were just some lonely dude in in, in, in his room. Like, dude, you were in a very public forum there and there that were, happened. And plus, let's be honest, uh, plenty of girls throwing themselves at a star Notre Dame football player. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so th- th- there was a lot of, of that too. And what Facebook's going to do, apparently this is only in India right now, but I would imagine if it catches on there, they'll start moving it over. Be uh, Apparently, India is more worried about catfishing than we are. They're more worried about somebody taking their, their photo and using it for the wrong purposes that they want to... They want Facebook to have more rules in India about stealing your profile pic. It just goes to show you the difference between India and America. America doesn't care. Just make me popular. Just, just I, I don't care that I'm 55. I just want to finally sit at the cool kid's table at lunch. And that's exactly what Facebook is for you. And in India, they care about what's going to happen with the stuff that they put out. We don't. Just make us popular. Right. So what India is asking is, is that they make it impossible, Facebook, that they make it impossible for you to like hold and then like copy and save photos from other people's Facebook pages, what I, which I would imagine ultimately would better serve all of us, right? If you couldn't just click on something and just copy and steal the photo with your thumb. Yeah, but at that point, all you'd have to do is screen grab it. I mean, it wouldn't be like, I mean, you're not adding any like real layer of difficulty there. You just screen grab it and boom, there you go. Yeah, I I would imagine that makes it harder to use though, just because of the quality of the photo. Then at that point, right, and then re-putting it in, and you can tell when something's been screenshot versus like actually. No, 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 no. I'm just saying, like you wouldn't you wouldn't tell the difference at all if you just if, if you just like print screen it right there and copy it. You're not going to see any difference. It's not like you're taking a picture of it. No, actually, that's how we do a lot of the stuff yeah. via the website. Yeah, that's. I mean, it's not like it's not like you're adding in some foolproof system here of like, okay, well now we're really going to shut you down you're just making it less convenient for you as a facebook user to like download an image they also say that uh what you can do to protect yourself is use designs on your profile pictures it says here people are are at least 75 percent less likely to copy a picture from your facebook profile account when it has an extra design layer on it yeah if you put like a watermark or something on there um but i don't think a vast majority of people will do that no, I don't think so either, because it's going to have to go over your face, and you need people to see that. I uh, I believe, though, it should be harder for people to steal photos from everybody's like public accounts like that. And uh, like, it's a little unsettling to think that I can just hold my thumb down and ask me, you want to save this photo to your device on any public front? That's a little unsettling. But what I'm going to say about that is you as a person who are using Facebook, you know that's a possibility. And like, you're putting it out there for the public, so I don't understand why you would expect like, no, you yes, you can view this, but you can't download this. I mean, what? That's a, that's a, that's a strange line in the sand to me. Oh, well, for me, it's not a strange line at all. One thing is, yes, you can look at my pictures. The other one is you per- passing yourself off as me. That is, that's a very, that's that's not a weird line at all. That's where I want the line. But I'm just saying, well, for you to use them as like your profile, then yeah, that would be a problem. But like, 
I just don't understand. I mean, like I said, there's so many different ways that you can grab images off the Internet that like I, that just seems like an arbitrary thing to me of like, well, you can't use this one button. You have to use two now or it's like, I don't I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, they're going to have to do something about this. Obviously, we're, we're always entering in new territory with these digital things. I, I don't know what the answer is going to be, but it would I, I would like less theft to be able to be done via my social media accounts. And I don't think that's too much to ask, although you give up all those rights when you sign up for him stop sharing then you know what i mean if you don't want somebody to be able to grab that picture oh dude i'm that guy believe me if i didn't if i didn't do mornings at rock 106 i wouldn't be on facebook anymore what i'm always saying is that most of you should be running the complete opposite direction of this stuff if your job doesn't require it i would be off of it today it's just an excuse for your boss to find something he doesn't like and fire you or for people to steal pictures of your kids to to sell to a pedophile ring it's like that's all social media is pedophile rings you don't even i mean like why wouldn't why, why would you have to sell it to them they can just come in and on your Facebook that's the whole thing is people who are like expect some sort of privacy when they when they post the social media what that's the opposite of privacy it's the exact opposite thing so I don't understand what we're getting upset about the whole thing is to is to be less private that's what you use the thing for I I just I, I I would like less theft of of my stuff I know like Instagram you can't do that like you can't like hold down on the photo and steal like the like the stuff you're scrolling but you can't do it which is weird because Facebook now owns that. So that's strange that they have it on one of their uh, applications, but not the other one. It's just strange. Hailstorm tickets up for grabs. They're playing Goodyear Theater October the 3rd. We're going to take uh, caller 20 right now, 1-800-243-7625 on those. and we'll be right back with more show. Hang on. Dan Stansbury. Matt Fantone. Just kiss your fruit cakes. The Stansbury Show. Chilling in the studs with my dudes. On Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Sands Ray Show, Rock 106.9. Online for you, WRQK.com. I want you to go there, actually, and uh, check out a video of a of a man referred to as Dragon Man. And that dude is on the next level. He is considered to be the most armed man in America. Jeez. I believe it is 80 military vehicles he has. 80. Military vehicles? Oh, yeah. No, when it comes to weapons, Phantom, it's not even close. He's got like 200 machine guns. What? Yeah. He's the most armed man in America. And his name is Dragon Man. And he looks just the way you think he would. He's got America written all over him. I would assume a big fan of your uh, of your, of your little dragon show. What's that? What is it? It's the Game of Thrones. Ah, that's what it and is. You just you tread lightly because, dude, we're what two weeks away from uh, from that coming back. I think. It is. Yeah, I've uh, I've seen a lot of previews, a lot of like, yo, season twelve of the Little Dragon Show it's, coming up in July. It's season yeah. seven, and nobody calls it the Little Dragon Show, but you. <laughs> it's season seven. Everybody else just calls it the greatest TV show to ever hit the airwaves. And I won't watch any of those like new trailers because apparently like they're giving stuff away now because they Ooh. know they're at the end. Spoiler free. Yeah, no, I'm uh, I'm going into it blind. I don't know a single thing. I we've posted them at the website and I refuse to watch them. I'm like, nope, not watching it. I can't wait for the return of that. All right, so that does not have anything to do with Dragon Man though. Dragon Show, Dragon Man, two different. No, things. he's got nothing to do with Game of okay. Thrones. All right. No, I was but confused. You want to check him out at wrqk.com. I have this information here that's a little alarming. And it's a study that looked into safe sex, and particularly safe sex in women, which right. I don't understand. I mean, if, you know, I mean, most of the time, 
probably going to have a man involved in that. And even if you don't, I, I mean, safe sex probably becomes less important, right? I mean, with lesbians, it's probably less of an issue as it is with, with heterosexual you know, couples or homosexual males. I would think so, but is that one of those things where we're going to think that and it turns out we're really dumb because well, we don't know stuff? I mean, like sharing of toys is going to be an issue, but pretty much everything else is not... I just would assume that it's much more of an issue for, for males. If there. you thought sending the image of two women sharing toys was going to help me get through this conversation, <laughs> better you were wrong about that they surveyed a bunch of people and what they found is that 65.5 percent of americans take part in unprotected sex with 29.1 percent of us this is women ditching any form of protection every single time so 30 percent of women every time they have sex are not using any protection really now that's a lot. Now, uh, obviously, like me and my girlfriend don't use condoms because we're in a committed relationship, so we'd be a part of that, right? I would imagine okay, there okay. were women like that in that study. Okay, well then that's not nearly as staggering, but still, dude, if you're not using a condom, again, I, I would warn people. I feel like you're in a good situation, but the amount of people that feel as if they're in a committed relationship, having condomless sex with their better half just because they live together—that's crazy. Because, dude, a lot of times your better half is banging half the neighborhood. Um. Well, but. If that point you're going to get into this like hey i want to start wearing condoms again and that's not going to go it's not going to be a conversation yeah you no you basically have. told your partner you don't trust them yeah and without trust what are you doing in the relationship to begin yeah. with at all like what are you doing yeah. but 30 percent ditching any form of protection every oh. single time yeah they say that overall americans are grosser than europeans when it comes to this um because europeans are more they say responsible about safe sex. Damn it, guys! I, I mean, like, we can't we can't keep up with the Europeans on that, dude. They're just over there, just the French wearing more condoms than we are. That's come on. Yeah, European women uh, only eighteen and a half percent of them admitted to the fact that they never use condoms. Now, apparently, a lot of this comes down to circumcision. And it says European guys are circumcised, and people think that circumcised penises are less prone to STDs, which is not true. So they're more likely to forego a condom when the dude is uh, circumcised. Now, I didn't realize that European guys are more circumcised than American guys. I didn't know that. I I wouldn't have known that. Having having been circumcised, I didn't know that. And I would have thought it the, the other way around. I would have thought circumcised penises would have left you more open. No, I've heard that with AIDS before, that if you have an uncircumcised penis, that you're more likely to contract AIDS. Uh, God knows I don't have like research to back that up, but I've heard that before. That yeah, that's... I've heard that too, but I just figured, you know, m- removing a layer and getting you closer to the opening of said, I don't know. I guess, well, I guess at, at the point where you're having sex, it's gonna, that's going to be right. true anyway. So right. I, I don't know why. Yeah, I, I would have never guessed circumcised would have made you more protected. At the end of the day, I don't understand why you as a sexually active adult would be like, well, dude, there's a, you know about 10% more people here have circumcisions. Therefore, I'm not going to get gonorrhea. Like, that's a very, that's a, that's a, that's a terrible line of logic to believe in. Yeah, that's like, not a good one. I dated a girl who was anti-condom. Just would not use condoms, did not want to have sex with condoms, always bitched and was like, let's just not do this. I don't want to do this. And I gave in. And, and now, like, honestly, I wish I wouldn't have. 
I just wish I wouldn't have. It's just, it's not smart decision making. No, it's not. And like you said, even in relationships, you know, Dude, you, can, everybody's you can run cheating. into that problem. But it, obviously, if you're not in a relationship and you're just having casual sex with somebody, um, it's not smart. I, I, no, it, it's not smart. And I know uh, condoms don't feel as good. I mean, we could all sit here and lie and be like, no, it's the exact same thing. No, it's not. It's not. But it feels a lot better than having AIDS. And it feels a lot better than having a pregnancy you didn't I was going to say. So I, I wear condoms. I'm people. one of the few guys my age that I grew up with that doesn't have to pick up a kid from some woman's house every other weekend. I'm like one of the few guys that doesn't have that story. Somebody actually asked me, like, dude, how are you How are you 33 and you don't have any kids? And I'm like, because I wear condoms. I mean, because I was intelligent and I mapped out my life. For the most part. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm like anyone else who, you know, you've obviously had some, some luck went into that. Sure. Yeah. Right. You know, you have some pulling and praying at that point. Um, but the, the, the problem I always ran into was like the first time I had sex with somebody. I'm definitely wearing a condom. Like the first like three times I have sex with somebody, I'm like, yeah, I'm wearing a condom. I'm not dating this chick. But by the time she becomes like one of the usual suspects, by the time she becomes a regular, then I'm like, eh. yeah, but how many yeah. regulars does she well, have? Well, I mean, that's the whole thing is that <laughs> you, know yes, I mean? you, you can make the assumption because everybody's got that. You've had sex four times with somebody. Therefore, it's like, yeah, I'm close enough. But no, you're not. You're closer to AIDS. You what know you what's are. crazy is that this is crazy, but this is true of me for sure. <laughs> If I know part of your sexual history, then I'm going to be more, I will def, and I try to use condoms as much as I can. I've been a little bad about it, honestly, the last year. A little loosey goosey. There have been a couple of times where it's like, yeah, bro, that wasn't smart. Don't do that. That's the worst feeling in the world. That next morning when you didn't and you know you should have. Oh, oh that is terrible. Yeah, no, that's bad. It, it is bad. I, uh, I just, you know, I've been a little bad about it. Um, but, if I know, like, there was a woman who I was sexually active with, and I just thought she was, like, the one of the hottest women I've ever seen. But I was so strict about condom use with her because I know two dudes that slept with her before I didn't, yeah. and I know who they are. Yeah. And I was, she's like, no, I'm telling you, it might be our... I was like, I know both those dudes. They're, like, the biggest whores <laughs> alive. She was trying to tell me that they weren't that bad. I was like, dude, I know Jason. I've been, I, dude, I've, I've been to the bar with that dude. I know what he's willing to take home. Are you kidding me? So, like, that... Because what, what the point I'm trying to make is is that you should assume anytime you enter into sex with somebody that they've been the dirtiest human being alive before you get there because that's the only way you're going to ever really protect yourself you shouldn't you never notice that the better looking a person is the more like leeway you'll give yourself it's like yeah she's hot enough for condomless sex who cares if i get hpv from her as long as i don't get it from the fat chick working the fry fryer i'll be alive it's so crazy how the male brain works like that yeah hpv it doesn't matter where you have that from it's yours yeah and you're gonna have it for a while yeah yeah more stands ratio headed your way next hang on please relax this will be painless. The Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. Hey, guys, you got Stansberry here for the Wake Up Auto family. I purchased my Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show, Rock 106.9. If you missed anything this morning, you'll be able to podcast it at WRQK.com shortly after the show is over. And you can keep Rock 106.9 with you all day long via iHeartRadio. Download that. Keep it on your smartphone. Never miss anything. Those of you, uh, some of you may not know, but Fantone's picked up a, uh, a, a side hustle, as it's called, yeah. and uh, he's driving for Uber. Indeed I am. And I believe you are going to start to get more uh, requests for, for rides because like a, uh, a Canton Uber driver has been sentenced and uh, was guilty, mm-hmm. and he's being sent to jail. A jury found Mashesen Shilbeya, 28, guilty 
of kidnapping and gross sexual imposition. Apparently, this stems from uh, a ride last year in July, I believe it was. And Shilbea picked up a 44-year-old Canton woman. Yeah, July 10th. Drove her around the city, but not to her house. Instead, uh, they say he locked her in the car, took her to an industrial area in the southwest section where he groped her and forced her to touch his genitals. A jury convicted him on counts of kidnapping, gross sexual imposition following a two-day trial. The woman arranged to be picked up in the early morning hours from a bar on 9th Street Southwest. Instead of going to her home, as she instructed, he drove around circling back to the bar. And she went back inside the bar hoping to find her friends to take her home. When that didn't work, she got back into the car with him, this time in the front seat so she could better direct the driver to her house. She wasn't panicked at first thinking the, the confusion about direction stem from a language barrier, um, as this man's a native of Jordan and needed an interpreter for his trial. But, dude, it comes up in GPS right there. Like, you right. enter your exit point or your, your final destination there, and it's not, I don't ask anyone for directions. So if I'm reading this right, she got in the car, they drove around, he took her back to the bar, didn't take her really anywhere, just drove her around the neighborhood, and then when she couldn't get a ride home from people she knew in the bar, she then decided to use him as the Uber driver to get back home, and then that's when he took her to the industrial area, and then, like, she says here, uh, he exposed himself, masturbated, and then forced her to touch his penis. She testified that she reported it to Uber, but didn't alert police for eight days. Um... She said uh, her lawyer claims that she was embarrassed and did not want to involve herself or family. And, of course, that yeah. happens all the time in sexual assault cases. Yeah. We see that all the time. She later showed signs of depression, and a relative then convinced her to come forward, and uh, then she did. DNA from semen found on her clothing matched his. So, like, good luck oh. saying you didn't do it. Uh, he had been indicted back in November. He worked two jobs, testified the acts were consensual, and denied kidnapping the woman altogether. Uh, now, the passenger herself says, uh, he, you know, he didn't put the destination into the phone when she ordered her Uber ride, and he disputed her account uh, that they circled back to the bar. And in the closing remarks to the jury, defense attorney pointed out uh, what he contends were inconsistencies in the woman's version of events to the investigating detective and what she said on the stand. He said Shibalea's family believes in the judicial system, trusts in it, and plans to appeal his convictions. He's been sentenced to four years in prison for uh, groping her. I don't know if he did it or not, but I, um, but we've seen enough stories of this kind of stuff happening across the country with these ride sharing programs. And I know I'm always in here hailing them and always telling you how should be, you should be using them versus driving drunk, but there are some downsides to it for sure. Yeah. I mean, anytime that you're in a, a, a closer or a close, or a close proximity, close proximity with somebody, there's going to be potential for something to something to go wrong there. And I, I wouldn't, I'd be a liar to say that this hasn't been like a serious thought of mine. Um, I think on, on the side of like, well, I don't usually do like bar routes. I'm not out there at two thirty in right. the morning picking up drunk people. Um, but it's not like just because it's eleven thirty in the in the afternoon doesn't mean that you know, or one thirty in the afternoon doesn't mean that this is people aren't drunk, right? People aren't drunk, or that this wouldn't happen. It's not like alcohol is the only reason that sexual assaults happen or anything like right. that. Um, so I always think there's a little bit of hesitation um, when I pick up a woman, I can always kind of feel that like, 
a little bit of I don't want to say end, fear. Yeah, yeah, I, I, a little bit of fear on her, or a little bit of like uh, I have being to do aware this. of the situation. I would call that being smart. I have to do this, but yeah. you know, but I wish I didn't. I wish I didn't have to. I wish yeah. this was a woman driver. I wish this was there was another person. They're creating in the car. that like an all female ride sharing program is on its way. And I've I've kind of like been thinking about this, especially as this story became more and more in the news. Is like. Maybe I need to get like one of those dash cameras where like it'll record the entire ride where it's like, well, then at least I would have something to, you know. All right. Again, I, I've talked about this guy before and, and he referred to himself as Black Dave to me, drives Uber here. And uh, and I've used Dave a couple of times. Like he's, you know, Canton's only so big. So you're, you know, yeah, I mean, you you're going to get the people. same drivers over and over again. And I remember it was when my friend Heather was in town and we were coming back from one of the bars and we were a little tuned up, not going to lie. And they're. It told me via the app, like I got sent a message after it says, hey, look, just so you know, you will be recorded and your ride home. And then, and so when we got in the car, I said, hey, man, I said, you know, I got this message. I was like, I want to make sure you sent. He's like, yeah. He's like, I had an incident in my in my car while driving for Uber and it turned into a he said, she said situation. Now, it was between him and another man. And he claimed like, the, you know, somebody had claimed he got violent with him or whatever. And he said... I, I just didn't ever want to be in one of those situations ever again. So I took a precaution and I got a camera. And what he did is the sunglass holder and the the like the visor. Right. He rolled that. He had like kept. He keeps that open. Put a camera in there and like live streams everything. So like he's he wants no chances whatsoever that he's you know ever accused of wrongdoing ever again and i thought wow how smart is that yeah i feel like kind of like body cams with cops where it's just like the more facts you can introduce and the more you can be the more evidence you have to say no look i did nothing wrong here that just seems like a smart thing to me was this happening with cab drivers as often as it seems to be with uber drivers back in the day because that's still the same thing a stranger driving you around i think it had to have obviously it's probably just wasn't as spoken of you know, it just, it, I, 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 I think we'd be a little, a little naive to say, boy, no, a cab driver never sexually assaulted a passenger. And again, we, before ride sharing, it's not like we, this is not a huge cab town. Cleveland, not a big cab town. It's just not. And so, like, people, we probably weren't hearing about it because we weren't living in New York, Chicago, LA, and places where people were using taxis to get around every single day, multiple times a day. I'm assuming that. I don't know that. I just, you know, that's where, um, my halfway intelligent mind draws that that's conclusion. Where it goes. Yeah, I don't feel like that's. I don't feel like that was out of line. We have uh, well one more to go, and we're going to close out the program for you. That will happen next on Rock 106.9. You're a jerk. You're a jerk. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show, Rock 106.9. You're a jerk. Missed anything You're this morning? Podcast at wrqk.com. That'll uh, be up shortly after 10 a.m. Looking ahead at tomorrow, uh, new Tur Tuesday. You're getting new Machine Gun Kelly, new Shania Twain, and new Rise Against. All part of that. That'll be pretty good there. I'm going to get into this tomorrow while we're playing her new song, but if you were to ask me, and I feel like I'm right about this, if you really want to go back and look at where the watermark broke and where country music stopped being country and really became pop, sugary music, Shania Twain is the artist that did that. Jeez. She's really the artist that did that. Shania putting in a dipper, kicking the dust up. She had a couple of songs that broke out massively and were being played on top 40 radio stations and that whole thing. And she was like really the first artist that really like broke that thing wide out. And where it started to change the sound. I always say it's Garth Brooks, but people are like, no, man, that's real country. And I'm like, "Eh, those all sound like bro country songs to me. But 
I, uh, but those two artists there, Shania Twain, was really guilty of that. She's like kind of the one that broke. I mean, dude, her video was all over MTV for like three years straight and all that. You think Shania's got a pair of jeans that has like the dipper ring in the back where you can see where she's got that can of chaw with her? I mean, from the dudes that banged her last night, probably. Put yeah. one in, kick it up one time. Get the thing, sucks things, man. Come on. I uh, I was always a little bit of a Shania fan though. She was sexy, dude. dude. Yeah, Yeah, she was hot, man. Nineties, dude. She was super. Just wearing leopard print pants, super, and red jackets that didn't match, and all that stuff. Just looking hot. Yeah, she was sexy, man. Shania Twain could totally get it. I'm very excited for today. Uh, Something's happening on television this evening that I'm actually very excited about. Okay. And I don't get excited about a lot of that stuff on TV anymore. Most of what I see on TV makes me want to cancel my TV, to be honest with you. But Ice Cube's new basketball league, the Big Ah. Three. I guess they played games yesterday, but the first time it's going to be on television is today, which, by the way, what a terrible way to launch a product. You're going to have games played. It's all over Twitter, and then you're not going to be on TV until the next day. Yeah. That was a a dumb move. I don't understand that. Yeah, I saw uh, saw Allen Iverson talking about it, and after playing a game last night he was like man i feel old and understandably so dude i mean, dude, I mean he's 42 years old he's been, re- he been retired for quite a while yeah. um but it's a half court game and obviously that's a it's a little bit more you know a, l- a lot less physically demanding so ben gay's now the answer not alan iverson hopefully they'll have uh they'll have some decent games going i uh i mean they, they got four point shots there's a, right. it's, it's half court it's it's three on three there's gonna be a lot of trash talking i'm all for it i think this is one of the things like there is no like again, my sport golf. There's like an old man's tour. There's the champions tour. You have to be over fifty to even play it, and it's still on TV. And you can make a you can make a really good living playing on the champions tour. And no other sport really has that. Um, they like, can't do it in football because it would yeah. just be impossible. Well, I mean, I guess I guess football would be the hardest because definitely with baseball you could do like fast pitch softball yeah, or something. Yeah, I mean, dude, you could do a, you know a beer league there; it'd be no problem. Basketball, you could do three on three. Football, even flag football, even if you did something like that, it's not going to come across very. Yeah, well. I'm not sure football would translate, but. I- I think if this league takes off and you still get to see guys that you knew from like five, eight, ten years ago or whatever, and because you can still shoot the ball. Oh, yeah. It's much like being a quarterback. Those guys can still throw. They just can't do the rest of it. I'm very excited to see that league on FS1 tonight. I'm very excited to see if it's any good. I just hope it's not one of those things where it's like the first night it's awesome and then the basketball is so awful to watch that you can't keep up with it. And I worry that there's a better than average chance that that happens. Enjoy the first night then. Is that right? (laughs) Yeah. Is that what you think happens? I, I, I don't think number one i think a lot of the guys who are the names of this league are going to be like dude kenyon martin i've already got millions of dollars my body's tired i don't want to do this anymore so i think you're going to get a diminishing return it's going to be a bunch of bench guys right like the amon shumperts of the world will end up playing in the yeah you know what i i just i mean if they brought it here and there was going to be a game played here i would totally go see it so i'm pretty excited about that tonight Eight o'clock. Aside from that, we are done for the day. Be back at it live tomorrow morning at six a.m. Live on Rock one hundred six nine online for you wrqk.com, and of course, always available via iHeartRadio. You guys have an awesome afternoon. See you. Please relax. This will be painless. The Stansberry Show on Rock one hundred six nine.